Why don't you do the okay, okay, okay this time? It's not a thing. Yeah, it is. No, it's only a thing if you do it. No, it's a thing if you do it. Ready? And do it. Do it. You can do it. I can't. <laughs> I can't. AJ, do it. <laughs> it's, I can't do it. AJ, do it. AJ, we're live. People are listening. Do it. AJ, it's happening. The show's uh, I can on. Do, do it. it. There's too much pressure. I can't AJ, do it. do it. No, do it. Do it. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we are. Sauce, dog. That's the <laughs> Oh, guys. Welcome to the Coogan Chronicles, a podcast where two former child actors just just rant and rave at each other just and occasionally interview other former child actors we get around to that sometimes and what do we talk to them about aj what do we talk about their lives in the biz <laughs> lives in the biz their lives growing up as professional little children little babies with suits and ties and business cards yeah that was aj's uh super lame super lame attempt at giving an okay 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 try to get us into this you know i mean it just goes to show what you bring to this show your your <laughs> sense exactly of reckless abandonment that you can commit to <laughs> something it. like that we wanted to talk before we get into a little intro we actually want to talk about what aj doesn't bring to this show which is like a real savvy for social media <laughs> that's the that is a this this, this last AJ, week this week was really hard for me because you reached out just said there's a lot of people talk you know doing comments on the show and, and which is awesome by the way anybody listening if you're commenting it's dope we love it it's been awesome it's been great to have these comments this interaction engagement we love the thoughts they've all been so positive if you got some negative shit keep it to yourself we don't care but everybody else it's been awesome it's been so dope and so i told aj i was like aj you got to get in this man and talk to people and it's just me i'm just handling it and one of our producers simona's handling it and like hang you know we're all sort of you know having this conversation you're not a part of get in there and like <laughs> this sounds like, great i know i agree with you it sounds wonderful so i get on instagram which i'm not on there a lot and i look at the comments all oh, people are saying things and i just immediately started feeling like i was watching two people spin double dutch jump ropes <laughs> and i had no idea how to jump in there i was just going to tangle the whole thing i was going to get caught up i was going to fall down it was just going to be a disaster so i just let life, it dude. let it continue on just let the people that do the thing they do well let it let, go let and guys it. maybe everybody's better off for it i mean there was once like aj had this crush on this you girl imagine I, if i, I started no, no 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 it goes real bad it, it, aj when he feels like that it goes bad guys like he had this crush on this girl we were at a party at a friend's house and the girl was there and we were like aj go all our friends like aj there she is and she knew aj was interested and she was interested so it's like there's no there's nothing to be worried about bro get in there just say hey and aj walks up and i'll never forget what was about 10 feet away and all i heard is aj goes hey uh how long you had those bangs <laughs> and it was like you could see her just being like never never this is never happening <laughs> so i don't know aj we'll uh, warm you up we're gonna get aj a ghost account and he'll start talking on there so he feels a little more comfortable with anonymous. yeah yeah uh, that sounds good i can try exactly. without any consequences uh, also we had a, a guest's mother come say what's up which was awesome and i'm leaving it to aj to say what's up and i'm putting all the pressure on him but it was great it's a great uh, it's you guys don't even know the people that are reaching out are, are so super dope so okay we want to get to we're, we're talking obviously with davida williams today Davida is an old friend of ours. Davida went to a professional children's school, which we'll get into a whole bunch with her about. But we kind of wanted to just bring it up just as a vague subject because it's an important subject and it's a strange facet of a lot of former child actors 
experiences. And a lot of them went to these professional children's schools. They're exactly as they call them. There's a couple big ones in New York. There's a few in LA. They're probably all over the place. And there's probably ones for all kinds of different art forms, whether you're a painter or a ballet dancer, you know, there's going to be a bunch of special schools for these things. But there are actually these schools that are really dedicated to professional children, like children who are not it's just sort of endeavoring into being an actor or writer or a dancer or something like kids who are like, no, I do this. My call time. That's, that's here. What I'm here for. You know, my Thursday isn't just a wishy-washy day. Like I'm preparing or I'm working. Like that's the, it's like, it's for that kid and not that David is that kid or even all the kids that go there, but it caters. It seems to that. And it's fucking weird. It's so weird. <laughs> it's just so weird. And I, when I grew up in New York acting a ton, People used to tell my parents all the time they should go. And Why? My, wh- wh- well, what is the what is the the, the the idea that people have in their head about the professional children's school that's supposed to be better than regular school? I think it's two things. I think one, you're you're with your kind just a little bit. You know, okay. I was such a weird kid that maybe sometimes people were like. Yeah, That's what they were saying. Your yeah. son's very strange. He <laughs> needs to be with your kid is either a little, yeah, he's it's like get him to a doctor or get him to a professional children's school. Something's going on. Might have been the thing. Or the truth is, I think when you just work a lot, you know, when you're a young kid and you're working a lot, it's definitely going to screw with your education. I think people in the entertainment industry know that, that it's really, really difficult to keep up a consistent and engaged education. And so professional children's schools are the ones that really try to cater to it. They are known to at least make the most effort. Or that's how at least people perceive them. I don't know if that's true or not. So my that's my guess is why people told them that stuff. You know, my parents, um, fortunately I, and unfortunately, I love the, kept I love me in public of, school. Yes, right. I love the idea of a professional children's school having other professions for children than just the performing arts. Like there's little business people. There's someone that owns like a restaurant. You're there's accountant, a professional you're, chef, you're a doctor. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. That, that, there's there's mechanics it, yeah. in there. That would be just There'd be great. We're gonna put you guys. In, hey, this is the sandwich maker school. We're just, um, yeah, it's what we do. We just. Uh, well, the yeah, other thing is, I don't think kids are going them. to the professional children's school to learn the thing that they are a professional at. They're going there to just. But they do regular studies, aren't they? No, but they're also they, they, taking singing and dancing and acting classes. Exactly. Well, these ones were. They had acting classes. They had all these kinds of things, you know. But you brought up an interesting point to me about these things, which is in this scenario, maybe one day we'll get to interview like, I don't know, like an old principal of that school or the current one. Who knows? Which would be awesome. So we're going to see as this as this keeps moving forward, we're going to start sort of branching out into, into other avenues, not just former kid actors, but people in the, that are in the lives of former kid actors. But before we get there, we can at least ponder a few of these things. And one thing you brought up was, where, where do you draw the line? You know, like where actually should that line be drawn? Because we've talked about the lines that are drawn from the union sense, from SAG and AFTRA, the actors union where they have rules and productions have rules in place to protect kids education but where does where do the schools draw lines you know and like and where does that end and begin you know where do, where do you start to tip the scales where you're taking away from a kid's actual education by being like hey professional little actor boy uh you're going to be you're going to be studying acting uh, morning noon and night you know and a little bit of history but mainly acting that's what we're going to do with you you know so like where does that all of a sudden become like a slight form of abuse, you know, it's like, well, where does that become like a Russian 1980s gymnast routine, you know, where someone's just like, don't let them, don't let them eat. 
just you, make them work you, you know you've seen far too many rocky movies yeah, too so. that's that's what so. the 1980s russia is to you is just it is i feel like it's still athlete. that in my mind and it's sorry for anybody rushing out there but i don't know i know a couple people actually hardcore <laughs> russians from russia moved over here and they had that kind of life they, they had that kind of childhood they, you know? they were all professional they athletes did. yeah i just for the record i would have loved to have gone to a professional children's school if given <laughs> the option i remember driving by one in the valley oftentimes the, the valley of los angeles back and forth to auditions thinking god if i could only go there that would be so <laughs> and what that, what my days would be like i would really fantasize about that so what did you think yeah. was going to happen what did you i was think really envious of those kids again it goes back to my initial richie rich fantasy of arriving in los angeles everyone's all the kids sit behind very large oak desks and we all wear business suits and we're on the You're cell such phone an idiot. <laughs> how did you survive how did you survive That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm amazed you even booked a job. It's like, oh well, when's uh when's the hairstyling start, guys? Like, like <laughs> what is that? that's all that's all you care yeah, that's about. What I thought. That's, that's it. What you I thought, thought you're like, I discard PE and I'll just go to how, how do I do my eyebrows? <laughs> I just want an hour long I just want an hour long class of that every day. Um yeah, that's uh yeah, AJ. I'm I'm amazed at you sometimes. Well, it, it is an interesting subject. I personally think obviously an education should come first and foremost and totally overshadow a kid's endeavor in entertainment. I do. I just truly do. I just think it's something that regardless of how anybody's career turns out uh, or what the rest of their life looks like, I think it, all, it, it you're tethered to it for the rest of your life. I, I've yet to know a former kid actor or knowing myself, I've never gotten away from ever thinking about if I part of my education was ruined in my endeavor. Um, mm. And, you know, and you've said it tons of times, you've been like, should I really just have gone to college? You know, it's like, should I had that been that? And I don't know, man, it's a hard question to answer. I think it's going to be interesting to pose this to a lot of people. I'm glad I didn't go to a professional children's school, quite honestly, you know, maybe it would have been helpful or beneficial in some ways. Uh, it'll be it's nice to hear Davida's take on things because she went to both schools, public and this private professional children's school and still knows a lot of the kids who are those alumni. So she's, you know, she's able to see how that place churns out. I wonder what those reunions are like for those professional children's schools when they all get together. Just giant red carpets, just big red carpet events. It's just, yeah, it's just this like name dropping like crazy. It's just, it's like, yeah, I feel like that's a TV show. You should get on that. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. The 20 year reunion of all the professional children's schools. Okay, guys, here we are without further ado our chat with our awesome friend davida williams well hello there hi davida hi hi hey we're so excited to have you here today i yeah thank you guys yeah absolutely thanks for joining us uh, aj and i were talking none of us worked together right like we just we all met through friends yeah, I don't yeah. think we've, I've ever worked with either of you. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we've worked. We worked in the, I mean, obviously with the same people at times and stuff, but not. Yeah, maybe just one degree of separation or, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But just through through a big social circle of tons of kid actors. That's how we all, yeah. that's how we met. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some fond memories there. Are there, when you think back about that whole time for you, I guess first question I have for you off the bat is, is it a fun time? Do you look back and go, wow, that's so crazy and. Yeah, I do think it was a fun time. I think it was unique. I don't think in the moment I realized that it wasn't normal, you know, yeah. for the most part <laughs> until I like got older and I was like, oh no, I just like took this test and then never went back to school when I was like 16. And then, and you know, just all these things that happened, like just 
we're not normal, but um Did you do the Denison Academy test? I don't remember which one it was. It wasn't the GED one, so it must have been that one. Did you have other people taking the test with you, other kids, other teenagers? I think so, yeah. But actually the reason I found out about it is you guys obviously know Penn. Yeah. yeah. But his mom told my mom about it. And so oh. <laughs> So that's how, that's it, how it happens in the kid actor yes. world. Yeah. One mom yes. talks to another mom and someone else's life changes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then I was out of school. Oh, that's yeah. a great idea. I can just stop going to school. Wow. Actually, yeah. well, just, I just want to clarify for anyone listening. So we're, we're talking about a test, right? That actually that graduates you from regular school so that you can <laughs> no longer, you no longer have to show up and do tutoring on set while you work as a kid actor. That's what and we're, that's what we're talking about. You can work. Longer hours. You can work longer well, hours. Only through yeah. the sheer brilliance of the child actors committee, whatever that <laughs> is, getting together and deciding, you know what? Kids don't need a GED. What they actually, or a high school education, what they actually need <laughs> is to just take a test so they don't have to go to school anymore. Then they can work <laughs> like adults. Yes. <laughs> This whole education thing, that's crazy. Let's just send them to school for maybe three hours a day-ish and then give them a test at a certain point that they can take to test out. But yet, you're guaranteed to pass the test. That's the best part. Really? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, oh God, I don't I know. know that. We don't know a single person who's I mean, failed. it was pretty easy, I remember. Yeah. But like, I yeah, I don't, I don't know anyone if who failed. If you fail the Denison Academy test, there's something wrong. <laughs> there's something severely wrong. Are people still doing that? Actually, that's a good question. I have no idea. I'm sure. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure. We should get Mr. and Mrs. Dennison on the show. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. I, I've I've worked with a few kid actors the last few years, and it at least from the surface, it seems like everything's the exact same. Oh, with really? Set and a tutor, yeah, the exact same rules. I, I I didn't see much difference at all. But who knows? Uh, so l- let's go back. Let's rewind a little bit. We we actually don't even know. Like you know, we've known you a long time. We don't even know your story. You know, you mentioned when I called you about this doing this interview. You mentioned you went to the professional children's school, yeah. and we knew a lot more people than we had realized in common. Yeah. Just just speaking. When did you start acting? How old were you? And how'd that happen? I was so young, like way too young, to be honest. I was like, I don't know, six or something. I did like- Chris has you beat. Yeah, I got you beat there. Oh, four. oh good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but you're four? right. Four. Oh my God. I know, um, but you're right. It's too a young. Toddler. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I started doing like guest stars. I did Hanging with, with Mr. Cooper. I don't know if you remember that one. And oh, yes, show. I do. Davida, you were on yeah, all right. of my favorite shows, Davida. <laughs> you were on the Sinbad show. You were on Sister Sister. Oh, yeah, Sister. Sinbad. Yeah, yeah. You were on Fresh Prince. You were on, you, I think I've probably seen every everything you've ever done. I did a ton <laughs> of sitcoms as like a very small child, which is- yeah. What did you think about sitcoms? Because it's, it's so such a cool novel experience where there's a live audience and you tape you know, you only do your thing one or two times and everyone's laughing live and stuff. Did you enjoy that as a little kid? You know, what's funny. It was like my favorite thing. It was clearly the only thing I booked was sitcoms. <laughs> so I, like I loved doing them and there's kind of a formula to it. And I loved the audience. And then I remember doing a sitcom like two years ago, one called Baby Daddy. And I was like, this feels so different. I like <laughs> when you're like, you know how you at the beginning, they have to announce you and you have to run and wave at the audience. I was like, I don't, this is scary. This is really scary. <laughs> yeah. That's strange that I, I wonder, I want to ask about that later about what, how that experience changes. If you loved it as a kid and suddenly as an adult, it's the exact same experience, but 
suddenly it's terrifying. I mean, yeah. I, I grew up doing theater when I was a kid and I was never scared and like never nervous. Yeah. yeah. And then I did like my first play in a very small, tiny black box theater out in LA when I was like 22 or 23, just with friends. And I like the first week of it was hell. I was, terrifying. It was, I was yeah. so terrified. I was like, what changed? I don't understand. <laughs> I could go in front of the thousand people and be fine. And now like 10 of my friends are terrifying me. Well, as a kid, I feel like part of it is you're not concerned with being good. You just right. go, <laughs> just do it. It's fun. It's fun. And you don't need a job. It's so you just like, it's more fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Stakes are lower. That's for sure. And Davida, you actually come from an entertainment family. Yeah. Yeah. My sister's a musician and a singer and she plays the guitar. And then my dad was a guitarist my entire life. So a touring musician and a studio musician. So did you go on tour with him and things or how, how much a part of your life was his career? Yeah. I mean, once I got a little bit older, we kind of stopped. But yeah, my dad would tour with like Michael Jackson and Madonna. And I went on all of those tours. I remember my grandparents were so pissed off at my mom because she took me to like that. I think it was called the Blonde Ambition Tour was Madonna's like Like a Virgin tour. And I was like three years old. And my grandparents were like, how could you how could you do this to her? But I had like the best time. It was great. What do you remember from that? What was the at three? Um, What were you doing? When I was like about four or five, I remember just like being really close with the dancers the dancers were really nice to me and they would I would just like go in their dressing room and hang out with them without my parents like they would just take me before shows my parents <laughs> right? my parents are very chill I guess it sounds like but yeah no that it was pretty crazy and I went on a bunch of Michael tours and yeah it's kind of weird that that was another thing that I was talking about where you don't realize that it's not normal until you're older. Like I used to, my dad used to like pack up our van with all my friends and we'd go to Neverland for my birthday and, you know, and we'd drive golf carts around and like go to the rides and the Ferris wheel and then go see the giraffes and then go, you know, and it was crazy and so much fun. I remember getting older and being like, well, that's so weird that you yeah, used to do so that. That's so crazy. <laughs> Well, how, how old were you when you realized that wasn't normal that you were like? I think I was a teenager and someone was like, what? You went on tour with these people and then you went to Neverland? And I was like, yeah, because that was my dad's job. And like, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, wait, actually, that is kind of like crazy. Was it such a natural thing to start acting at six? Did you make that decision or did your parents make that decision? Or were you around somebody from the entertainment industry that encouraged you? I think that I, I it was like a combination of my mom and I, both of our, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't like, I didn't know how to like go out and start auditioning. So she figured yeah. that out, but I, it was, it felt pretty natural. I always felt like I wanted to be in entertainment. I actually like when I was really little, Michael had some show, I think it was in Germany, I want to say. And it was like, he had like these huge productions and the song was about war and all the dancers were dressed like soldiers and they had guns. And then like, he had me like dressed up as like a war torn, like child and like walk out on stage with the bouquet of flowers. You guys, this, I can't even (laughs) believe that I'm telling this story right now because I like, I haven't talked about it in so long because why would I, but like my mom has it on tape and I hand the flowers to the soldier and then like the war stops and like it just so was that the moment were you totally hooked at that point i was like i should 
act. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is it. This is my calling. Wait, but how does that? How does that? Does that come about because you're on tour with your dad, and Michael just says, "Hey, you." I you know, have to stop doing the Michael voice. voice. Sorry, <laughs> I know. I, I honestly don't know how that came about, but then it happened again because. He did the Super Bowl and he did Heal the World and he needed a, had a bunch of kids on stage and my sister and I did that and wait you performed at the Super Bowl with Michael Jackson <laughs> oh I had God. no idea I mean, this was something Chris and I were talking about as you as we we were having you on as being friends with you as teenagers you were the most modest of all the friends oh really yeah. no yeah, idea you were like of any of this stuff you never yeah, like, talked about this at all. Like, like quite like quite honestly, we talked like I think it was a couple of years before we realized, oh, Davida is like a singer and an actress. And she oh, because we you know, you weren't sitting there talking about it and flaunting it. And we knew you knew all these kid actors, but, you know, you don't know how somebody how knows happens. people. Yeah. yeah. So that that is so you would, by the time we met, you had already been at the Super you Bowl. Performing really Michael Jackson. Secret. Yeah. And also yeah. your resume is like insanely long. You've worked on so many different shows and so many different projects. Thank yeah. You. you really kept it under wraps there <laughs> that's wild but Thank wait I, wait but i just I... want to revisit the michael jackson performances in, in, yes. in one in one main question which is was that just opportunistic as in because your dad was performing with them they needed kids and you were in there or was this like uh like you were you you were a full-blown professional at that point too like auditioning all the time and doing all kinds no of... that was like definitely from my dad i don't know dad, yeah. yeah so that gave you the bug and then you would come you went from that those experiences to like i'm gonna do this for real now. yeah i was like hey i'm on a stage at a stadium this <laughs> I, like, what is that what what is that like as a kid like what do you remember from being I, at the super bowl that was crazy that was pretty weird because i like couldn't stay with my parents they took all the kids on like a bus and they sat the bus backstage and and all of a sudden we just like, you know, swarm the stage and wow. yeah, that was pretty, that was so nuts. And my dad was playing guitar, obviously. And so that was cool, but yeah. Oh, so you're performing essentially with your dad too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh that's, yeah. Did yeah, you that's... have the wherewithal to not like wave to your dad or try to get your dad's attention when you were on stage? Did you know, like I'm playing a part and I'm this and my father's playing a different part. And so I don't. Yeah, I think so. I don't think, yeah. I don't think I waved. I was... Is or was your mom an actor as well? No, she wasn't. She like was a stockbroker when we were, when, before I was born and then, yeah, met my dad. And I honestly, they're so different. It's insane. I don't know how, like how it, how it worked, but it did. And yeah. But you sort of mentioned just a minute ago, you said like your mom, helped you get into it too, or at least helped you find a way into it. So your dad's in the entertainment industry. He's a musician. He's performing with these, you know, huge musical icons. But then your mom sees that you really enjoy this performing and takes it a step further with you. And what gets you an agent and starts helping you audition? And how does that? She found me an agent and she would just, you know, drive me to auditions as a kid. And she was like, my momager. Your momager. There <laughs> yeah. we go. Yep, we've heard that term here before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so was it? And your sister didn't do that. Your sister's a musician. It was just you and your mom. Well, my sister it. acted a little bit when she was younger, but she just never really liked it, and she kind of gravitated towards what my dad was doing. And he taught her to play the guitar. He tried to teach me. It just, I was like, this is too hard. <laughs> this is way too hard. I want to go give flowers to soldiers. Dad. Yeah, yes. I just want to show up on stage. Just put I want to Super Bowl. And world peace. Um, <laughs> and world peace, yeah. Yeah, I my sister gravitated more towards music and 
that's what she's a singer songwriter. She didn't love acting in the way that I did. Gotcha. You ended up going to the professional children's yes. school. <laughs> yes. You, oh my god. Out, yeah. So you were in New York. You you went out there. I don't know much about how what it's actually like at the professional children's school. I I know a lot of kids that went to the here, or here, former. Here's kids. how I envision it. I, there's a scene <laughs> in Richie Rich with Macaulay Culkin where the kids are in professional school. Okay, they all have these giant like six foot long oak desks, and there's like three <laughs> kids. And then one of the kids is on the cell phone buying and selling <laughs> stocks. Another kid is up on a pedestal getting fitted for a custom suit. That's <laughs> I imagine professional children school like is it like that at all it's not like that but like i the kids are like that in real life <laughs> like it was funny because i i kind of assumed i was going to this you know performing arts school essentially but it's that was ppas that was professional performing arts school that was down the street they were more like you do dance classes and acting classes and do plays and all that Professional children's school was just like really rich kids who didn't want to do schoolwork. (laughs) (laughs) Was that you? Were you a really rich kid that didn't want to do schoolwork? No, that's the weird part. I was not rich. My mom thought it was would be a good school to go to as an actress, and they do this this thing called guided study, where if you like leave for work, they have like homeschool packets essentially for you. Like it's all prepared already for you to go and you don't, your grades aren't affected. I've gone to schools before where you miss a lot of school and then your grades are affected by that. So that's what we thought, but it, you know, it was like, there was like royalty there when I went, like kids, <laughs> of like kids of like Queens and Did you like, tell us who they were, who, what prince and princesses. I'm trying for? to think, is Grace Kelly a princess? She is. No, she's like a duchess or something okay. from Monaco. I, her like grandkids were there. Someone else's. I forget. Um, yeah, I thought she was. I, I can't think and- of the other name. Were, were all these kids pursuing artistic endeavors or when well, they say professional children's school, are there like other professional endeavors? Are they like, I'm going to be a professional architect, architect at there, nine. Yeah, at nine. They were like, you know, the one girl was a fashion designer. There, people were, there were a lot of ballerinas, like legitimate ballerinas who went to school of American ballet. And then there were people who had very wealthy parents, you yeah, know. Just wealthy um, parents who didn't want to do school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there I'm were... a professional uh I'm here person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I just showed up. So, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. So it's a way to technically go to school, but there's not a lot of school necessarily happening. Right. Like I easy. I could be like I have an audition and they'd be like great you don't need to come like you know (laughs) so so it's it's a school it seems like yeah that's what i remember a lot because you know i I worked a lot in new york as a kid and people always told my parents to put me in pcs or ppas and because i was bussing it in from jersey from this little public school there where everybody wanted to beat me up and they're like no no no, take like you you should like put them in this professional children's school and the main reason i think was that was that the curriculum offered there uh, was easy for kids to transition in and out as they were working yeah. and auditioning and yeah. stuff versus like a public school like mine where, yeah, it became a total shit show. This yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to be gone Thursday and next Monday. Yeah. And I guess I'm going to miss that test on Friday. So can we just do that uh, the following Friday or what? You know, it, it just, yeah, and I think like, teachers' no. heads would spin. Yeah. Yeah. So you went to PCS. What your relationship to all these other kids that were there what was that like for you, you yeah know, was that your friend group or did you have friends outside of school as, as i well? i was 
pretty much friends with with the kids in school. Is the Duchess like, how was the Super Bowl, Davida? Like, <laughs> I think that was af- that was after I was a little bit. I was in like eighth grade when I by the time I went to. PCS. It was interesting. I I like I know Christy Carlson Romano was there when I was there and she was like two grades above me. Who else was there? Scarlett Johansson was in Christy's grade. It was uh, <laughs> um, there were a lot of like And do you know them? Like do are you sitting there going, Oh, that's that actress that I see in this or this or Every once in a while, yeah. Like I knew Christy. Christy was nice and we'd talk sometimes. And I saw her like a couple years ago. Um, I shot her, took pictures of her. But in, in terms of every, I don't really talk to anyone else that I went to school with there. Yeah. <laughs> does it just feel like this weird, strange, distant past for you? Or what is that? Uh, not really. I mean, I was talking about it recently with my other friend who went to PPAS. And she was like, I always wanted to go to PCS. We just couldn't afford it. But my, but I was like, your school was like the actual serious one. I mean, you had to audition to get into PPAS. You had to wow. be like a talented person where <laughs> like PCS, you just had to pay. Sign a big check. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so when, when you start, this is all in New York, right? The PCS yeah. is in New York. So when you started acting and you're doing in the beginning, all these sitcoms, were you doing that out of New York? No, I was in LA. And then my mom's from Connecticut. And I think she just wanted to be closer to her family in the East coast for a while. So we moved to New York for a few years. And then I moved back to California for high school. And then after high school, back to New York. And then I came back here again. So you've <laughs> so just been bi-coastal yeah. your whole life. I've been, back and forth. I've been living back and forth. Yeah. Wow. For a little bit. You're in LA and I want to get more into this. You're working a lot, but just to answer this quickly and you go back to New York, did that make things slow down for you acting wise? Or were you able to like do theater or other things when you went back to New York and like junior high and stuff? I don't know. I guess I never really thought about it. I was just like, <laughs> I was like young and didn't really care. And it was fun. I don't, but I don't think it slowed down that much. I worked a bit in New York and then I moved back to LA for high school and I ended up doing Lizzie McGuire for high school. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was pretty consistent. And when you got, and forgive me, I, I didn't really, I'm not that familiar with Lizzie McGuire besides the popularity of it. Right. I didn't watch it consistently. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, I know you were on there for a while. When you got on there, was it already a popular show, show or did you get, were you on there right away? No, I, I did like the second episode, I think. Oh, so, so you were just right there yeah. for the Genesis. Yeah. And also it was like, I was like 13 and I would never, I mean, I just would have no idea that people would watch that show yeah. i mean like, the, i mean not at no offense it was but i just yeah, was like yeah. well when you're hanging out with madonna and michael jackson and stuff like you're not watching lizzie mcguire yeah. way, i was like, like i didn't think this is... would be a hit i not that i mean i get it but it's just i just was not thinking that oh my god i like i'm filming a show that people are gonna talk about for a while you know yeah we, th- that's it we had a lot of questions about that because you know not often as a as a kid you end up in a project where it can start off like any other project you're like man who knows maybe it's just a pilot and no it never gets seen or maybe it's just some kid show yeah. that comes and goes or even right. if it's on for years and it's just not that popular but it, it's a very rare experience where you end up on something like that that becomes i mean to this day becomes really popular and yeah it's and so holds crazy. weight with viewers. Yeah, that, that way. When did it, do you think it dawned on you? Did it dawn on you while you were filming at some point? Like, oh my God, this is like, people love this show. 
No, I think I remember really specifically like the second season being kind of shocked when they gave me like letters that people wrote. And hmm. I just was like, what? And my mom freaked out. She was like, I'm saving these. Oh, my hmm. God. And I, I think that's when I was like, oh, my God, people like watch it and yeah. see me and like it you know but, but were you suddenly getting recognized outside of like out in the world like did the rest of your life change and i feel like no because i just was like hanging out with other actors at oakwood and oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't a whole lot of like it's not like i lived somewhere else where it would be exciting so I guess. as big of a deal we go to yeah. school with princes we hang out with michael jackson madonna we hang out only with other actors at oakwood and it's not like this is a common story for young actors. It's like not the Madonna, Michael Jackson. No, it is. Yeah. You're in a little bubble. You are. Yeah, you can in be a little in a little bubble. bubble. And it doesn't yeah. matter who you are prior. It doesn't matter whether you did go to PCS or you did go to a public school in the, you know, in a in a city out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. I, I think kid actors can find themselves suddenly in this same bubble. Uh, bubble. Where you're, yeah. And you're always like, also, I hung out with, you know, you guys in our, and our group of friends and everyone worked a lot. And so I never really thought about myself being like super, I like successful. You know what I mean? Like I just, mm -hmm. everyone, I was just surrounded by, you know, bird and all these people that are always doing things. And so I never really was like, Oh yeah, this is, I'm a I'm, part of this. Yeah. Was it, is, yeah. That a little bit of a, is that a little bit of a bummer? Like if you were hanging out with kids that went to regular school and did regular things, you'd have this thing where you're like, oh, this is my special thing. I, I'm an actor and I have this special thing and this makes me unique amongst my group of friends and so-and-so's an ice skater and so-and-so's a, a child stockbroker and this is my <laughs> special thing that I do. Did you ever feel like you missed out on that at all? Because everyone was an actor? Not really. I mean, I did go to regular school when I was younger and kids were kind of just mean and I don't really miss that. Yeah, me either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were just kind of mean about it. And like I got made fun of and I, I don't know if it was jealousy or something, but they didn't act like it was cool. They acted like I was kind of a loser. <laughs> yeah, Chris and I had the, I'm sure it's there. Yeah, okay, I'm sure cool. it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a reason too why why they tell young kid performers maybe to go find a school that specializes in that to put them yeah. with their peers because I think that's a probably uh, a very natural occurrence. You know, I, I've talked a lot on this podcast about going back to a regular school where nobody acts and people seeing me on TV from time to time and how detrimental that was to my social yes, life yes. <laughs> yeah. and to my, my physical, yeah, my, my, uh, my physical well-being, you know, was, like, <laughs> was also part of it. Davida, what are some of your favorite working experiences from that part of your life from the, from the younger days, any favorite shows or, you know, specific episodes or things that stand out? I don't know. I, I really did have a lot of fun doing the Fresh Prince because it was like it was a smaller role and just an episode and but it I just was such a big fan of the show at the time and Will Smith before the show brings everyone into his dressing room and he does this like insane dance for everybody to get everybody excited to film and I thought that was I was so little and I thought it was just the coolest thing ever and I took photos with like every person in the cast and like that I, which I'm like it's embarrassing but I'm glad that I still have them you know oh yeah, yeah. 
Were you a fan of the show before being? Yeah, on no, it? I, oh, yeah. I used to watch that show. I mean, that yeah. was like my type of content when I was little. Were sitcoms. Me too. Oh Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh Prince in particular too. I wish I had more of that experience as well, which is simultaneously being a huge fan of the things I'm working on and being a professional and in, in working on it. Like just allowing myself to to go there and fully enjoy the experience. Yeah. I feel like yeah. oftentimes I tried to be overly professional or like I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm an actor and I get this whole thing. just really giving into it. That's, that's cool. I think that is pretty unique to my experiences. Pretty much that show was the one I was a fan of that I, otherwise I like can't watch myself or what, you know what I mean? (laughs) I just, (laughs) otherwise I want nothing to do with it. (laughs) So, so otherwise you're like, I'm showing up here, I'm doing my lines and then I'm out of here and I never want to think about this again. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. So Will Smith's cool, but you worked on, I mean, you worked on all the sitcoms and you worked on tons of shows. Was everybody always cool? Did you ever feel like you you ran across personalities that weren't or was your experience really largely positive? My experience, so it was actually really largely positive. I will say the weirdest job that I've ever done is Mm -hmm. I worked a recurring role on a show that was only starring YouTubers. Nobody was an actor. They were all like social media stars Mm -hmm. and it was awful. They're awful. They're awful. (laughs) (laughs) You mean mean the social media stars are awful? Yes. I don't like it's. What does awful mean though? They're just so unprofessional. They, they don't care. They don't know their lines. They're, so rude it's like and i think it just you get so much money off posting a photo on instagram you don't have to really collaborate with people and care about other people and be nice and so i just was like that was the only thing that i've worked on where i was like oh this just i miss working with actors (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is a big transition i mean i I think there's more and more of that now too i live next to some youtubers there's two you you know quote unquote youtube houses that are oh my gosh and they're gigantic mansion houses and there's are they throwing parties they're throwing crazy parties and there's kids that drive up here to just to stand out in front of these YouTube houses, but they will rev the engines of their my box. No, what would it be called? Their uh, McLarens in their Lamborghinis at like three in the morning, like just roaring engines yeah, just because. Imagine working with that. And like, yeah. I rem- like, I didn't work with this person, but my other friend was telling me that they had to hire someone to go and wake him up every morning and drive him to set because he just wasn't coming. And like, <laughs> you know what? That kid definitely didn't go to the professional children's school. No, sure. <laughs> yeah. he was yeah, definitely did not and probably could have benefited from it. But growing up then on sets with actors, with actual actors, you always had a good time. You always seemed to yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. For the, for the you, most part. Did you always feel passionate about it? Was there ever a time where you wavered in it where you kind of thought, I don't want, I'd rather be doing something else. And... No, there is a time when I wavered and then I quit. <laughs> so oh, really? I, oh, really? Yeah, it was not making me happy. And you know what it was? I was done with Liz. Lizzie McGuire was over. I had worked here and there. And then I tested for two different shows in like a span of like two weeks and didn't get either of them and was like, I quit. <laughs> I was like, I'm so over this. I was like 18 or 19 years old. I was like, I need a break. So I actually moved to New York and then I worked at Ford Models 
as like a junior modeling agent. Oh, wow. How did you get into that? I I don't know. I don't know. I like, it was like 2019 and I don't know how I heard that they were looking for someone. And I just like sent my resume, which had like no real work on it. (laughs) And, and they they were like, come in for a meeting. And I like met with this woman and she was like, yeah, sure. Like you can start working here. So I, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. You yeah, sure. I, I, I guess yeah. former kid actor. Uh, Don't talk yeah. to me. Don't ask me any questions, but yeah, sure. You can well, work here. It's, is, I had a business card that said like Ford models to Vita Williams. What did on you it. do? What did you do? It was called, I forget what department it was called, but it was essentially like commercial print. So we didn't do like high fashion stuff. We had like more commercially models and like, like JC Penny ads or something like that. Yeah. Stuff like catalogs yeah. and things like that. And what then I would do DeVita. What was your, I would, like- I would look through their version of breakdowns and submit. Okay. All right. So you're like, I just Wait, picture but- you like sitting there, like, mm, like <laughs> poking around things on your desk and like going to lunch and no, talking honest- to people in the hallway. It was honestly a weird job. And I measure teenage girls with a tape measure when they come in. Like I just, and obviously they, like nobody liked me, none of the models. And I, I knew like, I could understand why, like this young girl. She's the girl with the tape measure. With no experience. Has has this power? Is my agent? Yeah, right is my agent. <laughs> yeah, this girl. I didn't this ask girl, for this. This <laughs> former child actor is now my agent. I have a few, Are you guys serious? I have a few questions here. Did you? Was there a minute where you were like, I kind of, I could do this. I could be an agent. I like this. Yeah, actually, for the first part of it, I was like, this is kind of cool. I like it. And but then I was like, no, people are mean to agents. People don't treat agents very well. I'm not, I'm not equipped for this. Like I can't get calls with girls screaming at me because they haven't had enough auditions. Like I'm not, I, yeah. I'm not prepared for that. Was yet. that the first Especially time you were 20. exposed to like, uh, cause I'm sure you as an actor interacting with your agent, I'm sure it, just knowing you, you were nice and you were polite and you know, it was all good. Was this the first time that you realized that actors or models would scream at their agents and that there were those people out there? Um, I don't think it was the first time, but because I feel like I've had friends who are more difficult. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you know, the personality. Yeah. yeah. I I just had one question I want to skip by when you go, when you suddenly show up in New York and you're like, I'm taking a break from acting or I quit, I'm done with acting. And then there's this job and you kind of find out about it and you have to write up that resume. I've always wondered this because, you know, when kid, former kid actors have to write up a resume, it, it's, you know, are you on your resume? You're like, well, at, at six, I was at the Super Bowl with Michael Jackson. And at not like, did you start yeah, naming was, these things? The resume was, I'm sure, a mess. Like I, I didn't have anything really to put down except for those experiences and like, I don't know why that would make them call me in. I well, honestly, like it certainly makes you stand out. If nothing yeah, else, like nobody else's resume yeah. is going to say like, "Oh, I danced with Will Smith about two years ago before we performed on his TV show." <laughs> like nobody's going to say that. So that so that's your venture into all of a sudden real world jobs, not yeah. just performing. Have you always sort of ventured in and out of real world jobs? Because I know you've continued acting. At some point, you decided I'm going to con- go back to acting. But have you always sort of oscillated between the two? 
A little bit, not at the moment. I've done a bunch of really thankless jobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I've kind of decided that I've tried everything and there's nothing else out there for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so you say you've worked on thankless jobs. Do you consider, so you don't consider acting a thankless job? No, I, I mean, a lot of things are thankless jobs, but I just mean we're like, you work so hard and just end up getting yelled at all day. I've had like a couple of those where you're just like trying your hardest and it's never good enough, I guess. I guess when you get to set, having the job is like people treat you good. You, you yes. get treated well. It's like once you get the true. job and you're on set as an actor, you're, you're treated pretty well. True. Otherwise, it's – yeah, that's true. Sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> Other times, like, here's your Subway sandwich. Stay in your trailer. You know? <laughs> when you're venturing back into thankless jobs, you know, is it always the same approach where you're like, well, I'm a former kid actor. <laughs> like, how, how much a part of your life is that still? I've tried all sorts of different stuff. Like, I after doing the agency thing, I was like, no desk job. Definitely don't want a desk job. So then I was like, I'll try this. And I assisted – a very, very wealthy woman. And I was like, hell no, this is not for me either. And then I, so, you know, like it's, I've tried all sorts of things. And you sort of mentioned when you come back to saying, I'm going to be an actor, it almost seems like a process of elimination where you're like, okay, I tried this other thing. <laughs> no. So I'm going to go back. Is yeah. that it? Is, do you, you want like, to oh, find something else that you can do? And you're just like, gosh, I'll just be an actor, I guess. <laughs> just be, no, no. I think it's, I'm really, really happy when I'm acting and I, I really do love it. I just, sometimes it gets to a point where when you're not working and you're like auditioning and getting no's every single week, it's like, I, I can't do this, right? I can't keep doing this. Like it just, yeah. it gets to you. So I just have to, sometimes you need a little break. Yeah. You need a break. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think I've seen and felt myself two very common experiences with people in the entertainment industry, not just actors where, you know, the rejection or the, where, where your, your hopes can get crushed in so many different ways. You yeah. either have to find a way to take a break and find something else you're also passionate about. Or even when you find successes, I tend to see that people also um, need to find an outlet that has nothing to do with yes, their that's success true. either. That's true. You know? So it seems like there's you all, you're going to always need to find a balance when you're endeavoring in some sort of creative field where it isn't your whole life. And so I'm glad yeah. you have. I'm glad you've always been able to navigate Thank that. You. It seems you know it seems like for you it's almost inescapable. You know that as you kind of said, it was your normal. You know, there's the, these types of things going to Neverland was normal. Yeah. So, so for you, like, how do you think that's, that's sculpted out your life? You know, when you've walked in to be, to do something completely different, how, how much of is that uh, childhood sort of watermarked your life? Do you think? It's really been a big thing in my life. I think that I'm glad that I've had these other experiences and that I have taken breaks and I've had other jobs because you need those other experiences because otherwise you're just in this bubble and it's crazy. I remember modeling is such a different world, but even being on the other side of it and seeing just what it's like to be anything else but the performer or whatever you call it. I, like, I'm like, wow, people have to be more mindful of how they treat people. Like when I was assisting this woman, like I just remember, and she was nice, but it was just other people around her because she was this like very wealthy woman. And I was like her 
lowly assistant going to run errands like and like people were so rude to me all the time I was like I can't take this like why are it it was just it's crazy that's so fascinating because you really have seen both sides of the coin then you've seen the one side where you're you're center stage at the Super Bowl literally (laughs) and and then where you're like you know where you're seeing how people can treat the person center stage and then treat everybody else around them yeah completely different and yeah yeah she and my and my old boss would be like aren't they so great aren't they so nice and i'd be like no i would they were they're assholes they're nice to you because you're rich like (laughs) crazy Do, do you think you were as a young person aware that when you go down the road as a as a young performer, it is in a, it, if you continue deep into your teenage years, you start to make the sacrifice, which is I'm putting all, sort of all of my eggs into the acting basket. I haven't diversified my life. I haven't really aspired to get myself ready for a post high school career other than acting. Do you think as a young person, you were aware that you were putting all of your eggs in the acting basket or making that sacrifice? Or did you never really feel that way and that you always had options open to you no I I knew it and it was interesting because I like got into college and then decided ultimately not I went for a little bit and then just stopped after like a semester and that was a big big deal for my mom because you know she's the one who got me into acting but and she also um, got me out of high school but she really wanted (laughs) (laughs) she really wanted me to go to college and I think it was more her family mm. type of mm. thing. Like my grandparents were like, you have to go to college. You have to Are these the same no ones what. that didn't want you going on the Madonna tour? Yes. Okay. Same, <laughs> same grandparents. So they were really disappointed. And so it was always in my mind that I was making a decision to, to put all my eggs in one basket, basically. How have you felt about that decision since? Have you ever revisited it and said, oh, I wish I made a different decision? Or do you... or have you gotten more comfortable with that as time's gone by? What do you think? It's hard not to think about every once in a while. Just like, what would it have been like if I didn't, you know, could not go to college? Like, what would it, what could I have done? Or, But I try not to think about it because I do think that this is where I am happiest and at my best. So and it's not for lack of trying other stuff. You've tried a lot yeah. of different stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. why did you ultimately decide what was the deciding factor to not continue school and to leave after a semester? I think it was just balance trying to go to school and try to make auditions. It's really hard to like reschedule audit. You get like a window and you got to make it and that was it and it was before everything was on tape and Um, or I even had that option, barely anything was on tape. So like it got really difficult to balance it. And I was like, either I'm going to have to be here or I'm going to have to be doing this. It seems that, I mean, almost every university student uh, across the globe, I mean, their sole focus for the most part is either like a part-time job and school. Yeah. That's about it. It caps out there. You know what else we we sort of skipped past? I was just wondering, going all the way back to Lizzie McGuire in a way and the sort of skyrocketing popularity of that show. You know, when you're on that show, like you show up that second episode, Hillary Duff is not the Hillary Duff that will become a platinum record selling world famous celebrity, you know, yeah. not at all. She's just another, I mean, I, I knew Hillary when we were like 14 and 15. Yeah. She was yeah. hanging around yeah. Oakwood my... apartments, riding around. On yeah, a, exactly. A, yeah. And yeah. an electric scooter. Exactly. I mean, my, 
yeah, my mom and her mom hung out and like, we just, you know, sometimes we eat pizza. Like there was just no, it wasn't a thing when you meet someone in that capacity. And then what, two years later, you're like, I'm sorry, you're doing a world tour. Excuse me. At the (laughs) Super Bowl, maybe, you know, like you are Michael Jackson. What was that like for you? It was interesting for me because, and I actually hung out with her a bunch at, at this time and her sister Haley. And it was interesting for me just because First of all, she was really young, but really good at business. That was crazy to me. I remember being like, what is, what do you mean? I, she was the first one of the Disney kids to like have a show, get a record deal, do a tour back, have the merch, have the merch. Yeah. Duff stuff. Yeah. She had, yes. Yeah. Duff stuff. And so I, I remember being like, wow, she's really smart. Like her and her mom are really killing it. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I just, it was really mind-blowing for me because she was the first one that I had seen be able to do all of those things at such a young age. Did you suddenly want to do those things or were you put off by them or or just in awe of it? Or I did music for a little bit as a teenager. Yeah, you were in a girl band. Yeah, I was. Oh, <laughs> what was the name of it again? TV4. It's so embarrassing. TV4. Yes, <laughs> it's so crazy. So I did that like right after – Lizzie. No, I did that like in my team. I was like 14, 15, like same era. Same time. Yeah. And was it in that same attempt you were looking at Hillary's career and going, oh, I want to mimic something like that? Or was it just I've natural? never really thought about that. I mean, everyone in my family, like so many people in my family were musicians, but I guess I could see myself like looking up to her in a way like that. But yeah, music is not not for me it was yeah. <laughs> it's insane was was there ever like um you know and i know this because you know working on even stevens and shia became you know like the biggest movie star in the world for right. a while was there ever using your young person's brain to figure out like well hillary's touring the world and doing all of this stuff and i tested for two shows this week and i didn't get either one and like i I, something i've talked about on this podcast before is like where's the gray area in between the mega mega success and then just trying to get your next job i'm in therapy and i for this (laughs) (laughs) i literally was just talking to my therapist about this like a couple weeks ago because i was like i know it's a pandemic but what if i just never act again in my life and she was like why do you say those things and i was like well this person and this person and this person and she's like you you have to stop yeah it's easy to compare yourself like i when i I said when we were younger and all of you guys everybody was working all the time i never thought I was anything it was anything special because for the record you were working so all the time too you just never told anybody <laughs> about it ever <laughs> so you were working but but you felt like in comparison to all these other people that what you yeah. were doing was was not nearly as valuable or whatever or right. blank yeah and if you're still contending with that in some way yeah. you know to this day I mean you know I I just want to try to unpack that a little more because I think that that is such a fascinating part of having a life as a former kid actor is, you know, a lot of the events or the the experiences that transpire when you're young, I think are revisited over and over and over again as yes. an adult and, you know, and, and that you have to, you know, you're going to have to, especially like you, if you decide I'm going to continue to be an actor you know, you're going to be facing a lot of the same things that you did when you were 14 or 10. Right. Yeah. Uh, Except with a now a whole new perspective. So for you, like as time has gone by, how do you think that perspective's really 
changed or what do you think you maybe confront the most and what's the most challenging? I don't know. I, I think that I'm able to snap myself out of it e- easier than when I was younger. I do have a therapist now and she's great. And I talked to her, about, but it, yeah, I think like I have to remind myself that I have worked for a really long time and I've worked really hard and to just, I try to give myself more credit than I used to just, mm. it's weird, but sometimes you just think, I don't know if you guys ever had these experiences, I'm sure, but like sometimes I'll still think about something that a casting director said to me at like 16 years old and I, and it's like mm. stuck with me and I'm, I, th- and I was literally talking to my therapist pissed about it and she's like, you believe that? You still believe that? And I'm like, what? Do you <laughs> mind? It sounds like there's a specific well, instance. Do you mind me asking about there's it? There's just, there's a couple. I mean, one in particular that I used to get a lot and I haven't gotten it recently, but also I've only been doing self tapes and you have to be a little more sensitive these days. But I used to get a lot from casting directors that I don't act black enough. And that was always really weird to me because I don't think of black people as one dimensional or they all talk one way or they all act one way. And just like white people don't, there's a lot of different types and I'll still get in my head sometimes about it where I'll be like, what kind of black are they expecting of me? Hmm. And this, if that makes sense, like, because they would say that to you when you're 15 years old and 16 years old, all the time, all the time. And it's like casting agents. And was it ever producers or was it ever, was it mainly casting who would say that? It was mainly casting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've had other people mention this on the show. Yeah, we, we, we've had a lot of young black. Oh, actors. really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like tons. You know that 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 feel the same way. And I watched a lot of my really close friends that were um, that were black go through that. I mean, not just yeah. as kids, but way into their adulthood. You know, I think only up until recently has I don't even know if that specific thing has been addressed. I would hope so. Um, but right. you know, has there really been a, uh, I think, a magnifying glass on, you know, on how black people are treated in the entertainment industry or viewed? It's one thing to say this to adults, right, that can know like, hey, that's fucked up. Like you can't. What, what are you doing? You can't right. say that. But to mm-hmm. do it to kids that don't know really it's yet. confusing. Yeah. Like I just was I remember for I was confused about it for a while. Like, what do you what does that mean? Just because, yeah. you know, my dad well, was from the South. He had a spoke a different dialect, you know, a different accent, but I just don't, you know, I don't get it. So did you ever find yourself, were you then trying to, would you take that when someone would say it to you and try to be any different than what you are and in what way? It's hard for me to be disingenuous. <laughs> like, so it's like, I do it and get frustrated because I can't yeah. like be anything other than myself. And also I don't think, and I know we're actors and we're supposed to be able to do whatever, but sometimes you watch performances and you're like, no, that's not that person. This is so wrong yeah. for that person. Mm. So, well, yeah, but I, you know, actors shouldn't have, yeah, no actor should be more black. You shouldn't be more of your ethnicity. Yeah, there's exactly. no, yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, it's horrible. And so, as you, <laughs> as you look back on your career as a young performer, do you feel like that? 
like, what's your relationship to that now? Does it feel, because I know for some of our guests and, and Chris and I have talked about this too, it can almost feel burdensome in a way, like having been successful as a young person and now still being an actor today where like having experienced it, tasted it and seen, you know, a certain degree of success as a young person, it, it can make your relationship to your craft now more complicated. What's your relationship to your past as a young performer? And Chris, you can well, yeah. even elaborate on that. Yeah, because before you answer, you said something so interesting earlier. You were like, oh, at 18, around 18, you were like, I quit, which is normally <laughs> when people start. You know? Yeah, it's normally when people I'm are retired. going, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, exactly. Like, you know what? I've had enough of this business. <laughs> that is not, that is the complete opposite of what people do usually. In life. Yeah. What's your relationship to your life as a young performer now? Like, how has that impacted your life today? And do you ever feel burdened by the successes you had as a young person? Does it, does it have any negative impact or, or even positive impact on your life today as an actor? I think it has a lot of positives, but it also, in certain ways, it's like you start over, like you've wiped your slate clean. It doesn't really matter what I did. Like, it's really fun to talk to you guys about this stuff, but like, <laughs> I can't, I was telling Chris on the phone that like, my, I remember at one point my manager was just like, get all this off of your reel. Like just start like new. We just need adult stuff. And so that's fresh. Like it's almost like it'd be easier for me to be a fresh face than to having been acting for all. Yeah. And, and then casting directors that are still working know you and, and it's like, you know, it, it almost this is which by the way this is the only job in the world where that is the case like we want you to be less experienced no no you've yes. been doing this too long you're too you're too yeah. professional you're too good yeah that is it's strange. so true i want to ask you one other thing uh, about something you worked on as a kid and i don't know but i read that you worked on star trek deep space nine. Oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he forgot a, about that i did an episode of that and that was so cool because i bet I got like a costume. We had just. Did you have prosthetics? Did you have to do not like a prosthetics? Thing? I had like those tiger um, spots all oh, over. Oh, dope! Like, cool. What are the name of those guys? Come on, I, Trekkies! Come on! I forget. But I but that was like my only experience with any kind of like makeup like that. And and I had like a really cool outfit. And our ship crashed, and it was a whole like That's investigation. So yeah. It was have you ever so been cool. then to like? Did have you ever been asked to be a part of like a Star Trek convention or anything? Have you, no. Has that ever followed you? No. <laughs> Never. Oh, I hope Never. it does. Oh, Every once awful. in a while, someone will like tag me and be like, she was in Deep Space Nine. And, but, but no, I've never been asked. That's maybe one other question then to tack on. It seems like a lot of your work as a kid has been able to follow you around into your adulthood where someone's tagging you from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I know this year, was it this year or last year, you did a, a read through for a reunion for Lizzie McGuire? That was this year. That was in was April. For It was like a quarantine Lizzie McGuire table read. That's awesome. Did you yeah. read an old script or was it a new script? Yeah, we read one of the episodes that I guess was the most popular one. It was called Between a Rock and a Bra Place. And it's where Lizzie buys a bra, her first bra. I and I guess that was yeah. that was like the highest rated episode. I didn't realize. Wow. I guess because like bra on Disney is like very yeah. controversial. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So and we, we read that one. And if there's millions of young little girls, I mean, that's an, that's yeah, like, that's yeah. probably one of the biggest topics of your life. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so when, when these things revisit you as an adult, uh, you know, you, you seem like it uh, and talking about it, you seem really happy talking about it. Is it always, you're, are you always really happy to, to find that, you know, or is it even not a big deal or. Yeah. I mean, I, I had really good experiences when I was little on sets and on jobs. I think the only thing that wears at you is just rejection and in the rooms, the things people say to you and things like that. But like I, I had really good experiences. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> as did we. And Chris and yeah, Chris and I had, lar- lar- had largely great experiences as well. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. for the most part. So then, Davida, if you have uh, some kids someday, and they ask you, Mom, they say, Mom, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. <laughs> I really like going to Neverland Ranch, and I really liked performing at the Super Bowl. I think I'd like to do this professionally. <laughs> uh, what do you say to them? I would absolutely, I would say no. I, do, <laughs> do many people say yes? I That's would a say, hard no. You didn't I would say like it. absolutely Even no. after just saying you had such great experiences on set and it was all good. Yeah, but I feel like I had great experiences on set, but I look back at like, I guess I don't know if my life would have been any different, but like I grew up pretty fast, you know? And I guess that's how a lot of kids grow up, even if you're not an actor. I don't know what it would have been like otherwise, but I think about that a lot and I'm like, I don't want you getting into parties when you're 17 and like <laughs> everyone's doing drugs and like I just want like I just want you to have but I then I guess that's another that's a high school party they have drugs and they have yeah, yeah. so I guess it would just but, be like that maybe, anyway actually let's just elaborate on that before we end the interview okay. because there's something <laughs> there is something to be said about that when you because you know normal high school parties if there's drugs involved or any sort of debaucherous adolescent behavior it, it does look different than yeah because the yeah. cops can show I up and shut like... everything down it's not being sanctioned <laughs> yeah. by like supposedly well, no, it, responsible it, adults that are yeah well, no 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 i don't think it has anything to do with that i think it just has to do with access and money and freedom and your and i i think personally when you're expected to show up on a set and act like an adult yeah. then in your private life you're probably assuming that you you you're also acting like an adult even though you're yeah. not you're acting like any other kid and that's a weird that is a weird thing. I, I don't know if I'm explaining it absolutely correctly, but there is a weird jump there. So for you, when you say like you're 17 and you have to grow up quick or you're, you're suddenly thrust into a more adult world is what it yeah, sounds like. I, what- I had my first apartment at 17. That's nuts. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I, I mean, I loved it. And like, you know, Dan Bird and everyone would come over and like, we'd all party at my apartment. But like, <laughs> I don't want that for my kid. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And and you feel that's a total byproduct of your life as a kid actor. Oh yeah. Because I had like, I had money to get an apartment and Mm -hmm. my mom actually moved. You took the Denison Academy test. Like I'm done. mom. My mom moved back to New York with my sister and I, and I was like, I'm not going to go. I'm 16 and I'm just going to stay here. And like, so figure it out. So your your yeah. kid comes to you at ten and says, "I want to be an actor." <laughs> and your mind flashes to them at seventeen having crazy parties in their apartment, yes, and you're yes. like, mm, "No, that's not going to happen." Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't. I just there's so much that I really did have good experiences, but I just want my kid to be a kid for as long as possible, and like, 
you know, you can live at home as long as you want. Chris is racking up people's opinions because Chris just had a baby girl. So he's racking up opinions. Oh, and he's wondering if he wants to put the baby in. Exactly. (laughs) But but besides that, besides having your own apartment and your family leaving you in Los Angeles at 16 (laughs) years old, what else is abnormal? Just Just describe to you as you look back at now, what else is abnormal about that social life and about that whole time in your life? It's all abnormal. I just... I don't know. I feel like it's all, there's nothing normal about it. I think, yeah, I I hadn't really said that out loud that my mom moved with my sister when she was, when they were 16. So that's kind of, I was like, oh yeah, I was like by myself out here for a while. (laughs) And just like going auditions and, you know, looking for an apartment. And it's just, I would not have been afforded that freedom had I not been an actor. Hmm. So. I think a lot of kid actors, especially in when you're not from these big cities like LA and New York or Miami or London, and you know, I think where a lot of young kids are endeavoring in different creative fields, you you do get thrown thrown into the lion's den quite often. I yeah. think there, there does come a point where you're 16, 17, 18, where families go, okay, if you want to keep doing this, you're on your own. I mean, I yeah. certainly knew tons <laughs> of people that went through that, and. Yeah. Um, AJ didn't. He lived with his mom until he was like 40. But yeah. the, uh, <laughs> but, Which I'm not 40 yet. So I, apparently yeah, I still, so live my, still live still with, with my mother. <laughs> also, and I hope this isn't considered, we have a rule against gossip. So I hope this isn't gossip. But our mutual friend, Dan Bird, also his parents moved back home and left him in Los Angeles as well. And he had his own apartment. So there, there's this whole crew of kids that are like 17-ish years old living on their own. All of their yes. parents are gone. <laughs> And they're just hanging out. This is this is like, there's no it's supervision. So it is weird. Yeah, there was no it's supervision. So weird. And like, everyone has their I, own apartment, and they're all just like living these yeah. pretend adult lives, but they're not adults at all. Brian Pinkston had a condo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and his right? parents lived in Maryland, and he was just like driving around in the yeah. little Mercedes, and like. I mean, I, I I I know literally about two dozen different people we all hung out with that, yeah. like, I, right around their 18th birthday or somewhere around then, their parents just gave them the key to the apartment they'd all been living in and said, "Peace out," <laughs> and just like <laughs> let go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's our actual last question, and I'm really okay. curious to hear your answer because we ask everybody this. And the reason I'm curious is because you, quote unquote, quit acting at this time and became an agent. Um, <laughs> what what did you end up doing with your Coogan account money? Oh, um, I think that was – I was really responsible with that. Like that was like rent and all sorts of things like that. Did you do anything yeah. really exciting with it? You didn't buy yourself a car or like take an elaborate oh, vacation? I, no, I did get a car, but it, it wasn't an expensive car and – and I, it was a Mustang. I don't know why I got a Mustang. That's I, pretty dope. Yeah. Okay. Was it a convertible? You didn't get a Honda Civic. No, it wasn't a. It wasn't a convertible. Still, it's a Mustang. <laughs> but it, I wasn't like. It wasn't like I was like splurging and just living your life. Yeah, just, just great. This is nice. some extra money for for my bills, I guess. Well, Davida, after knowing you for. 18 years, however long it's been, and not having any idea about Michael Jackson and Madonna and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air dance and like all of this stuff. Uh, This has been great. And thank you so much for sharing with us and and coming on and talking about the old days. Thank you guys. I'm so happy you guys asked me. This was great. This is so fun. Yeah, absolutely. It was our pleasure. And yeah, we're so glad to get to know you better. And uh, and we appreciate you so much, Davida. Thank you guys. 
<laughs> hey, thank you guys so much for listening. It was really great to sit down with our old friend Davida, have a chat, catch up with her. We haven't spoken to her in so long. And we hadn't spoken in years prior. That's one of the things I love about this show is it's it's a great excuse to reach out to all of these old friends that we would love it to is. reconnect with. And she's so charming, isn't she, folks? She's so lovely, and we really enjoyed our time with her. So we hope you guys did too. And if you did, please please rate I, I, us. By the way, I, us, leave us a review on <laughs> on anywhere you listen to your podcast. What, Chris? What do you have to say? I'm just laughing because people were like, why is he laughing? Why do he start this off laughing? I'm laughing because this is the third time we're trying this this outro because AJ's just how – AJ's third struggling, time's a guys. Charm. Third time's it's a double charm. Dutch. He's looking do? at the double Dutch. He doesn't know when to jump in. He doesn't know what's going on. And we're just trying to – and Andy told me he doesn't want to be the punching bag natural. for this show anymore. And so I don't know how to – I got to stop making fun of him. Chris, this is your natural habitat. You fr- you love this. You love, I do. You love I this love position. I love this talking shit. I love AJ just squirming in his seat. I just love him. We've been doing it for so long. Oh my I'm god! I'm an older brother. Guys. Years. That's it. I'm an older brother. It's just yep, that's how it's, it's and, and you're youngest, and that's just this it's is uh, our it's blood. destiny. It's in our blood. It's the it's genetics. What can we say? This is I'm just here to do this to you. This is our well, relationship. We do it all over again next week. Yeah, there we go, guys. Rate us, review us, tell a friend, and also engage AJ on Instagram. Get on there in the Coogan Chronicles and ask some questions to AJ. Let AJ know how good he's doing because isn't he doing great, guys? Let's stop the double Dutch moving so quick. <laughs>